Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. What's happening? What's going on? Back for another day, man. That is right. Happy to be here. Woke up with my left eye burning. I don't know what that means. You know, remember when we got LASIKs back in the day? LASIK surgery, yep. I got LASIKs on one eye. I got to go back to it. On my left eye. And it's just like at certain points, it just hurts a little bit. Hurts? My mind is a little blurry when I wake up in the morning sometimes. I got to go back. Just like stiffness of the bones? You can get it more than once? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, they they make it 20-20. And then as, you know, years go by, your your eyes and your, your vision deteriorates a little more. So you got to really? get back to 2020. Yeah, so. I mean, I got it done like 15 years ago. So I, got, I remember when you got it done. I think we worked at Sirius. And I was like, yeah. why is Envy walking around with these dark glasses on? Yeah. Because yeah. after you get the surgery, you have to uh, wear glasses for a second. It's very scary because if you think about it, they cut a layer of your your eyeball off. They open it up. They clean it. They laser it. And then they put it back. So you go from being able to see to everything black for a second while they do the surgery. Surgery only takes like maybe five minutes. Basically, they fillet your eyeball. Yeah. Just take a nice little Ooh. thin layer. Very scary. But I was horrible with contacts. So I, I never took the contacts out. I would fall asleep with the contacts. So that was the uh, best thing for me. And it, it was one of the best decisions I did because I hated the contacts and I hated glasses. Well, we here, damn it. Yes, we are. Okay. Another day. Who's joining us today? Uh, my name is D-Nice. D-Nice. Mm-hmm. DJ D-Nice. A man that helped get us through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept our kept our, kept our, our mental health intact. Our spiritual Club health quarantine. intact. Yeah, yeah our emotional health intact. He really, really helped us get us through last year. If there was an MVP of the pandemic, uh, entertainment-wise, it was definitely D-Nice. Yes. 100%. And even aside from during that quarantine, he's always been a real cool, great, amazing person. Good yeah. brother. He's a good brother. Well-deserved. Very good brother. Good brother. We vacationed. We ended up, we've been vacationing together for like the past five, five years, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's been Known on. him for a long time. Long, mm-hmm. long time. From artist to photographer to, mm-hmm. to DJ to, to everything. So good brother. shout out to the brother D-Nice. He's going to be joining us this morning. All right, now, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, there are some new mass guidance regulations from the CDC. We'll also talk about the family of Andrew Brown, the 42-year-old man, 42-year-old black man who was killed by North Carolina Sheriff's deputies outside of his home last week. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Just want to tell you the Knicks winning streak. I ain't want to talk about it because they were doing so good. It's and over. Jinx, but it's it's over. It's yeah, over at nine. They lost to the Phoenix they Suns. The Phoenix Suns is an amazing team. One of the best Phoenix, teams in the league. Phoenix is like what second or third in the West. Yeah. And they the Knicks played hard. That's, they did. Oh, the Knicks are going to be very very good. Absolutely. Very very, well, they're very good. Very good now. But yes. I, I didn't want to say anything because I was like they're doing so well. So let me just shut up mm-hmm. until 
But yeah, congratulations and shout out to the Knicks. All right, what are we talking about, you? Well, Joe Biden's expected to announce today that the CDC has updated their mask guidance. And so three people familiar with the expected announcement said they'll announce new CDC guidance on whether vaccinated people need to wear a mask outdoors and also what is going to happen moving forward, even if you are not vaccinated. Man, they better better not listen to them people and keep wearing their mask. If we live in a country where you can be vaccinated and still catch COVID, common sense tells me to still wear my mask. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's talk about what is happening with the Andrew Brown and his family. They're speaking out now after only being shown 20 seconds of body camera video that shows their loved one, Andrew Brown, being executed. So the family members, um, and by the way, Andrew Brown Jr. is a father of seven, Mm. and their attorney said that officials only offered them that 20-second clip of one of the police body cam videos. There was about eight officers there at least. So uh, if you guys are not familiar with this case that happened by the way, yesterday, they also had to declare a state of emergency starting yesterday morning, even before they released that 20 second video footage and showed it to the family. So it seems like pretty soon they are going to release that video and audio footage. But he was at his own home and they were trying to serve him uh, warrants and they pulled up to his car while he was in the driveway and they opened fire on him as he attempted to drive away from his home. They say his hands were on the steering wheel, according to this footage, which we haven't seen, but the family has seen. So they released very few details of the shooting from the sheriff's department. But all we know is what we know from the family's attorney. And here she is, Chantel Cherry Lassiter, speaking on that body cam footage. Andrew Brown was in his driveway. The sheriff truck blocked him in his driveway, so he could not exit his driveway. Andrew had his hands on his steering wheel. They run up to his vehicle shooting. He still stood there, sat there in his vehicle with his hands on the steering wheel while being shot at. Now keep in mind, this is 20 seconds. I have three pages of notes for 20 seconds. He finally decides to try to get away and he backs out, not going towards the officers at all. At no time in the 20 seconds that we saw where he was threatening the officers in any kind of way, he was trying to evade being shot. Is there anything a black person can do that doesn't end in a death sentence when they have an encounter with the police? Why does everything have to end in fatal force? Why? That's so crazy. All right. In addition. Yeah. And uh, according to attorneys for Brown's family, they said he was shot in the back of the head Mm. and they plan to commission an independent autopsy as well. Here is the family attorney speaking more about that body cam footage and what happened after Brown pulled away. He backs out, goes around them, and they're still shooting at him while he's driving off. He drives off, the car runs into a tree, and they are still running behind him. Let me make sure I get this right with these these guns that were there. Bushmaster AR-223s and Glock 17 handguns. Numerous assault rifles were at the scene. We saw one video, 20 seconds, from one body cam. It was at least eight officers there. Now, this is where we go back to where police officers should be found liable for what they do, right? Because if this officer is found guilty, who who pays if there's a problem? Who pays for all this? These officers should be found liable if they do the shootings and they're found guilty. Absolutely, positively. I thought Bakari Sellers and Ben Crump were the family attorneys. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, that's what I saw speaking yesterday. I don't... Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think they, they have more than uh, one attorney. Yeah, Bakari and Ben Crump. I don't it's know. A team. Maybe I don't yeah, know. It's, a, it's a team of people. She's an attorney as well. Oh, okay. 
And she's the one that was allowed to view the footage. They wouldn't allow people that are not from North Carolina if you're not, um, bar, if you, you haven't passed the bar there. And that's another thing. Or Why if you're don't not, they just release the footage? Like, what, what's the problem with releasing the footage? They release every other footage. Well, well they're, they're well, supposed to, but they were uh, usually they allow the family to see it first so that they have time to process it before they release the footage. And by the way, there was a delay in allowing the family to see the footage because they said they needed to blur out some of the faces that were on there. So they were waiting to see that footage. We don't know what they took out of it. But yes, they only if you're not a member of the North Carolina Bar Association, mm. then they said you could not come in. So most of their attorneys could not watch the video with them. But Elizabeth City Attorney Chantel Cherry Lasseter was allowed to watch the footage with Brown's relatives. Yeah, I saw Bakari say yesterday on CNN that um, I don't know who from the department told him we will not be effing bullied. Cox. That's who it was. They told him we will not be yeah. effing okay. bullied. <laughs> the county attorney, Michael Cox, uh, he demanded to, Bakari Sellers was demanding to see the footage. And that's what, when it goes back to what I was saying, if you're not barred in North Carolina, you couldn't, they wouldn't al allow you in. And so he was uh, saying that they needed to see it. And that's when Cox berated him and told him, I'm not going to be eff effing bullied. Yeah, I never heard that law. Actual audio, audio of Bakari Sellers. Oh, okay. While we are out here, I need you to get on the phones. I want you to call every Republican senator or Democratic senator and make sure that they're passing policy so that these families don't have to be here like this. Yeah. I'm standing with Gwen Carr behind me. I never thought I'd be doing that. The mother of Eric Gardner is here. Only in black communities do we have mothers of people who lost their children due to gun violence. Mm -hmm. No other community has a club like that. We're going to destroy this system and we're going to reimagine what it should be so we don't have no more deaths like this. And the first step, Mr. Sheriff, is simply do one thing. Show us the video. Mm, dropping the clues bombs for Bakari because he, you know, expressing something that it, it's, it's the only thing that's going to change anything, and that's policy. Like, you know, Absolutely. they, they, they got to they change laws because right now it's just legally justified for them to kill us and get away with it. Simple as that. So law, laws have to change. Legislation has to change. That's it. All right. All right. Well, that is your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? It's all right. This is BA. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. All right, what I have to say is, I, it's more or less like I have a question. Like, my thing is, like, for, honestly, for our people, what are we going to do? We keep asking a question about, like, oh, we, we're, like we're begging these people to help us. They're not going to help us. We're begging our enemy to help us. So True. I'm trying to figure out, the question is, to our black people, it, it's, it's like, we're starting to look ridiculous to me. What are we going to do? These people, when they get upset, they storm Capitol buildings, federal buildings, they commit murder when they don't get their way. Imagine if we were killing their kids. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's like as black people, we have to stop. It's like, we, I swear, it makes me want to say I'm starting to hate our own people because we're like massacres. Why are we scared to, to defend ourselves? We're not wrong. Like, so why are we, we're we going to keep going through this because this is a racist country. We have a racist government who are out to destroy us. If we're not like them, they want to get rid of us. So are we going to be it. like, we're going to be sitting back and letting them kill us. I feel like. If, if I go for bed, if a cop is going to take me out, I want to go out fighting. Let me go out with a chair. Don't just kill me with my hands up in the air. And that's what they do to us. So we notice, what are we going to do? Let's stop asking them. Joe Biden don't care about us. Kamala Harris don't care about us. They weren't about immigrants. They weren't about the Asians right now. They get a bill, like this guy, Dr. Umar said, they got a bill passed that fast for them. 
and they're not getting killed. They're getting assaulted. We're getting killed, and we can't get nothing past us. So let's stop asking them what are they going to do. What are we going to do to make them stop? And if it's not an eye for now, they're never going to stop. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm focused on trying to get policy passed, man. I'm focused on trying to get the laws passed. You know, when you got laws like police officers can use fatal force whenever they feel threatened or whenever they feel like you're a threat to somebody else, just based off what they feel, that's that's going that's going to always be 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 an issue. And they can always legally, you know, justify murdering us. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051 if you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling, I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? Power 105.1. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, yo, this is going on with you What up, brother? Get it off your chest. Um, uh, I'm just pretty much going to say, well, first of all, what up, uh, Andy, uh, Angela Yee, Charlamagne God. Peace, King. Good morning. What up? What up? Um, I just really wanted to say, I think people need to focus in on the Democratic uh, why the George uh, Floyd case up the bill will not be passed because Joe Manchin and Christian right. senators are holding up everything. That's right. And they think, and they think they're going to have 60 uh, Republicans. I mean, well, they got six votes in the Senate, but they don't have 10 Republicans that's going to sign up for the passing of the Florida Civil Act, along with the John Lewis bill. That's right. Uh, they got a couple of things that are waiting to be passed, but you got two second white supremacists now. So if the Democrats don't start looking at all this stuff, they're going to lose the midterm in that's 2022. That's right. And they're going to lo- lose the election in 24. That's what I'm saying. That's right. Focusing in on them because if not, yo, we going back into a Trump era faster than we can break our eyes. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say on that. That's why. That's why you know uh, Bakari and you know, Bakari Sellers and Angela Rye, you know, all weekend on their various platforms, even at the CNN press conference yesterday. They was giving out Joe Manchin and um, uh, Christie's Christie's numbers because those are two Democrats that are literally blocking everything from the John Lewis Voting Rights Act to the George Floyd Policing Act. You need to know who is keeping you from being liberated in this country. You know, you need to know who's keeping you from, you know, achieving progress. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, good morning. Richard calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, good morning, Brooks uh, Club family. Uh, so this morning I want to give a Special shout out to my wife, Laverne Badger. Uh, she is celebrating her 50th rotation around the sun today. Wow. Hey, congratulations, congratulations King. So, definitely want to uh, just extend my love and, and let her know I love her immensely. She's, I'm her biggest fan. Um, and I'm her biggest fan because she has a podcast, both podcasts that she does with her girlfriend, Natalie. And so, uh, what I want to do is ask the Breakfast Club world if they would join me in providing my wife a gift for her 50th birthday on today. And what that gift is, is that on their podcast, Exposed Podcast, they've created a No More Mean Girl pledge. And so what this pledge basically, it's my understanding that everybody has experienced a mean girl experience, whether it's the receiving end or the giving end. And so this pledge, ultimately, it, it holds people to account their own act. And so we all 
all recognize that our words, our behavior towards others does have power. And so goal is that after they take this pledge, um, that those, their words, their behavior towards others will not just have power, but will be able to empower. Um, so I would really ask that they go to the go to that social media site, I mean, the webpage, and take the pledge. So that's, that, that's what you want for her birthday. You want us to go take the pledge. Take the pledge. Okay. Um, what's the uh, website what's the again? Site? We're all better. ExposeThePodcast.com. And there was their podcast. They, you can find them on all social media platforms. Their, their podcast is, you can find their podcast on all places where podcasts live. Yeah. Hey, I'm happy for you being your wife's biggest cheerleader. Drop one of clues bombs for this As man being, being his wife's number one promoter. I'm not mad at it at all, brother. How much you get? Five percent, ten percent? Oh no, man, it's nothing like that. I just want to. I'm just I'm messing with you. Man. If, she, if she wins, I win. You know Absolutely. What I mean? and, so, and this is this is all good. Like I said, you know, you know, words words and behavior have power, and so we all have to hold ourselves accountable accountable at some point. And this is just a matter of you know bringing people to a, allow them an opportunity to self reflect. Um, a tone and be able to move forward and walk differently. Yes, sir. All we'll, right. We will do that, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Well, yes, and let's talk about the Oscars. Their all-time high amount of viewership was 60 million people in 1998. How many people watched Sunday night? We'll tell you. Also, Chadwick Boseman's family will tell you what they had to say as far as the response to people saying that he was snubbed at the Oscars. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Well, how did Sunday night's Oscars do? It did less than 10 million viewers. It's an all-time low of 9.85 million viewers. That's down almost 60% from the 24 million who watched last year. And that was the lowest ever. So I ain't gonna front. I didn't even know it was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that they got to stop acting like, uh, you know, the television is the only place where people watch these award shows. I don't know. I just wonder when I hear about these low award show ratings. I mean, mm-hmm. 10 million people, are they factoring in everything? Because I know it was screaming live on YouTube as well. Do they factor in social media impressions? I think all that has to count in 2021 because people just aren't watching on their TVs. Well, the high was 60 million in 1998. So being less than 10 million, that's... A pretty yeah, uh, but deep that, fall. 1998, there was no social media. There was no YouTube in 1998. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no other way to watch the Oscars except for television. I just wonder what the numbers are when they factor in everything. Social media impressions, YouTube views, all of that good stuff. I just wonder. Well, last year was 24 million, so that's still a pretty deep drop. People even are, from just last year when all of that stuff existed. People are turning but, away more and more from television. That's it. Yeah, watching I remember. On, I didn't even know it was like on. We, like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't see people talking about it. Usually people are excited about it, and it's, I didn't see that excitement this year myself. All right, now, Chadwick Boseman, a lot of people were upset. They thought he was snubbed at the Oscars, but his brother says the family is not upset. His brother, Derek Boseman, told TMZ he doesn't view Chadwick not winning an Oscar for Best Actor as a snub because every nominated actor was excellent and deserving of the award. He said the family is not upset or agitated whatsoever, and they said that they do wish Hopkins and his fa- Sir Anthony Hopkins and his family all the best because, as Derek said, I'm sure Anthony would if Chad won, so... For everybody that's upset that Chadwick Boseman, as they feel, got snubbed, that's how the family is feeling. Yeah, and Chadwick Boseman is Chadwick Boseman. You know, God bless my South Carolina brethren. He does, he does not need the Oscars validation. He's Chadwick Boseman. 
All right, a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association in the meantime was on Twitter apologizing yesterday and explaining to people who thought that she mistook Daniel Kaluuya with another black actor, uh, trying to say that they thought she thought he was Leslie Odom Jr. People felt like that because of the question that she asked him. Listen to this. What it meant for you uh, to be um, directed by Regina, what this means for you uh, at this time, uh, with the world and the state that it's in. Say that question again, please. I was wondering what it meant for you to win with the world and the state that it's in at the moment. Now, that was South African journalist Margaret Gardner, and people were saying, okay, did she get him com- confused with Leslie Odom Jr.? Because Regina King directed Best One Night in Miami. And so she went to Twitter to say that she actually did not make a mistake. This got even more confusing. She kind of should have left it alone. She said, Daniel Kaluuya, I did not mistake you for Leslie Odom Jr. I'm sorry if it seemed that way. I had wanted to ask about Regina King not being nominated as a director for One Night in Miami and your win for Judas and the Black Messiah for the community at this time. There was a sound issue. So I dropped the part about Regina King and restated my question. What does it mean for the community at this time? When I listen to the audio, I do understand, but there was no confusion. This is my last tweet on my mistake. I apologize to Daniel Kaluuya for my words. I apologize to anyone else who was offended by them. Yeah, that cleanup was more confusing than uh, what she initially said. She should have just said, I didn't know, I, di- I didn't get him confused with another actor. I just thought Regina King directed Judas and the Black Messiah. That's what she should have said. Or just be like, oop, I made a mistake real quick and my mind was confused and I restated the question properly. That's all, but she tried to, <laughs> she clearly said Regina King. Woke Regina. All right. Oh, can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. I felt like it went out for a second. Sorry about that. All right. Now, Oprah is going to be on with Dr. Oz. And there's a teaser. This episode is going to actually air on Thursday. And she was talking about the guilty verdict for Derek Chauvin and how emotional it was for her. Here's the teaser. Derek Chauvin, the, the murder verdict. I mean, you, you mentioned that brought tears to your eyes. Is that is that well, part of what you're talking no. about? That it, it affects you differently than maybe other people might have been affected because of the life experience, the childhood experience you bring to that event? Well, I think it not only affected me, but I think all people of color, particularly black people, were affected in a different way. I will tell you, Dr. Oz, I mean, even now, just talking about it, thinking about it makes me emotional. Now, she also said she had flashbacks of Emmett Till and all the names that we've heard protesters speak for. And she told Dr. Oz she had a dream about Emmett Till. The night before the verdict where we were all on a bus together and the bus blew up. She said, I, wo- I wake in that morning like, what does that mean? And does this mean the whole trial is going to blow up? She said, I went to bed after the verdict thinking about Emmett Till and the fact that he never received justice. And this moment was a sacrifice for all of the people who didn't receive justice. Mm, yeah, but that, yeah, she has that, a new book that she's talking about, by the way. What happened to you? Conversations on trauma, resilience and healing. Yeah. I mean, that guilty verdict was great, but nothing has changed and nothing will change until laws and legislation change in in this country. Not to mention there's so many police officers across the country who are upset by that verdict. And they, we have nothing to protect us from them. There's no policies in place to protect us from those individuals. So nothing will right, change until Jessica- laws and legislation change. Jessica Alba's company, Honest, and I know I'm sure you guys are all familiar with Honest, is products that for kids that doesn't have anything toxic in it, right? Mm -hmm. Right now they're saying that they're aiming for a valuation of over $1.5 billion in its IPO, which is going to be happening soon. So for you guys that are 
watching the stock market and thinking about things that you might want to invest in. There's a lot of places that you can actually invest. Um, I was looking at what's happening with that company. And have you all used Honest for your kids or anything? Yes. What, the, the, the pampers, drinks. the products? Well, the box drinks. Yeah. I use the box drinks. Oh, I, was, I, I know Honest, the products, like the uh, diapers and yeah. the wipes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my wife has a closet full of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's Jessica Alba's company. So they're about to do an IPO. So if you use products like that, we always talk about investing. You know, a lot of people like to invest in products that they actually use and believe in. Man, that would have been real dope if you'd have told us that not off the air and let us go, you know, invest and then tell everybody else. (laughs) You still can. It actually helps when more people invest. Mm, Okay. All right, now Kanye's sneakers, since we're talking about money, a pair of prototype Nikes worn by Kanye during his performances of Hey Mama and Stronger at the Grammys in 2008 has sold for $1.8 million. Why? In a private sale. Why? <laughs> Why? That's the highest publicly recorded price for Why? a sneaker sale and the first pair of sneakers Why? to get over $1 million. Why? Why would you spend over Somebody a million bought dollars on, almost $2 million on a pair of sneakers? The same reason why people are spending all those money on NFTs. I just never. $1.8 million? Dollars? For a pair of sneakers mm-hmm. that you probably can't wear because they probably so old they would fall apart. So you just got to look at them. Mm-hmm. What's the point of them? Seriously, why people buy those things? Seriously. First one prototype. It's like a one, of, one of a kind. Like Maybe you think it'll be worth something. Maybe you look computer. at it as art. Why I don't people know. buy the first, you know, Mac. Is it for, maybe it's for the DNA. Maybe it's some of Kanye's West DNA still in the shoe. It's art. Yeah, I guess it is art. Yeah. Some, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a moment in history. Oh, congratulations. I wonder if that's going to appreciate in value. I don't think so. I think so. His first sneaker ever that he designed? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially with the success of Yeezy. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Nike? Yeah, Nike. Nike. Yeah, yeah it's a Nike's. It's the only one. It's a prototype. Yeah, so. I think it will. It's a one of one. I got the, I got the right, Kanye's well, that he did with Adidas. The first one's still in the box. Uh, are they worth $2 million too? No. no. The ones that look like paper mache, a paper mache project? Nope. The big gray ones? <laughs> nope. No. They not You're not the only million. ones with them. These would be the only ones, a prototype, a one of one, and they're the Nikes. They're a couple grand. People didn't get a chance. It's worth a couple grand, though. Mm. Ain't worth no 1.8 million. No in there. <laughs> That's a big the, difference. The, the, the ones that he bought ain't worth 1.8 million. He just paid that for it. <laughs> My goodness. Might be. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. We got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes, the FDA is talking about banning menthol cigarettes this week. All right. We'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, the FDA is talking about banning menthol cigarettes this week. And so it wouldn't be out of stores completely right away, but it would kick off the rulemaking process to do so. That could take several years. But they said that could actually have a significant positive impact on the health of black Americans. Did you know the vast majority of black people who smoke, 85%, use menthol cigarettes? And so when you inhale that, menthol does a cooling sensation in your throat, which reduces the harsh taste of cigarettes and the irritation of nicotine. So black men and women are much less likely than white Americans to be diagnosed with lung cancer at an earlier, potentially more treatable stage. Black men have the highest lung cancer death rate in the country. Hey, man, I'm sure I got vices that people think are disgusting, but I think smoking cigarettes is disgusting. (laughs) I think smoking cigarettes is trash, but more power to you. 
Right. And they said every smoker who uses menthol cigarettes needs help to quit. So if the FDA does decide to move forward with the ban, menthol, as I said, will not disappear overnight. But it be a, it will be a way to tell the public and the tobacco industry that the agency intends to ban that flavoring in cigarettes. And it could take, like I said, several years for that to really happen. Nicotine gum. All right. I remember I, I tried to smoke cigarettes when I was younger. I just... This wasn't a habit I wanted in my life. Cigarettes are disgusting. Cigarettes, black and miles, like, no. Black and miles, disgusting. Mm-mm. Cigarettes, disgusting. And what it does to your lungs is just, it's even nasty. And people that smoke cigarettes all the time, their teeth look like they smoke cigarettes all the time. Have a blessed day. <laughs> I smoked cigarettes once when I was eight. I smoked a whole pack. What? A whole pack? All right, now. Mm-hmm. When you were what? What age? Eight. <laughs> Why a whole pack? Why eight? <laughs> I don't know, because my friend who lived across the street from me, her dad, he actually died from lung cancer, but he would send us to the store to get him cartons of cigarettes. And so we took two boxes and we sat outside in the parking lot and smoked. I don't know why I did it. It wasn't even good. All right, Chick-fil-A restaurants in Tampa are going to be actually selling spicy chicken strips and a spicy chicken strips biscuit. So new menu items, possibly. If you're in Tampa, I'm sure you want to uh, check that out. It's going to be a spicy blend of peppers in either a three or four strip option. I'll try it. I'm going to be in Tampa this weekend, actually. I'm going to try it. Oh, what a coincidence. I'm going to be in Tampa this weekend. I'm going to try it. Dropping the clues bombs for Angela E's front page nigger news. (laughs) (laughs) Got to know what's the latest with chicken. (laughs) Got to know what the latest with chicken is. I'll be there this weekend. Y'all love Chick-fil-A. I do. I was Um, there this weekend. Exactly. Apple has announced a $430 billion investment in the United States with 20,000 new jobs. Over $1 billion mm-hmm. will go into North Carolina, where Apple is planning to build a new campus. So there's going to be these new jobs nationwide over the next five years as they're picking up the pieces from the COVID pandemic and the economic fallout that happened as a result of that. All right, and that is your front page news. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now when we come back, shout to the brother DJ D-Nice. D-Nice will be joining us when we come back. The MVP of the pandemic by far. Absolutely. And we're going to talk to D-Nice with everything he got going on and what's going on in his life. So don't move. And and we're playing his new music. Yeah, we got his new single too. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. And you know what's so crazy? Some people you ask how did they fare through the pandemic. Some people we know did great during the pandemic. Okay. I don't think nobody did better than this brother, but to somebody, be honest but with some you. Some of us came up, and D-Nice was one of them, because he came up. Congratulations <laughs> and welcome to Brother DJ D-Nice. Man, it's good to be here, man. How you doing, Finally. King? I'm great, man. It's the first time back in New York, you know, since um, I played Radio City. That was February 20th. 2020, so it's my first time back, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, wow, like it's a little bit different. I seen you got the vaccine the other day. I did. How was that? You got your first shot or second shot? I got both. I'm, oh, you got I'm both shots. Yeah. How, 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 how was that? Second shot. First shot was cool. The second one kind of did me dirty for like three days, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, but, you know, I'm trying to be responsible, man, do the right thing, mm-hmm. and it was important. My mom was out in L.A. with me, so I had to make sure she mm-hmm. was straight, you know? You know, we, we everybody always talked about how professionally how great you did during the pandemic. Personally, what what was your energy? What was your mental? What, what, it was I, hard. Okay. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, being, uh, man, I get emotional when I think about it, but being home um, for all of those months without family, no close friends. I mean, I got friends in LA, but like mm-hmm. everyone was with their families. So that was the reason why I played music so long, you know, why I stayed on every night. I was just jumping on. It was just a way to stay connected. But aside from that, it was 
constantly reading the comments from people that were lonely and this music was helping them that was mm -hmm. one thing then on the flip side after a few months when you know my, my obviously my situation has been pretty good you know in terms of like privates and mm -hmm. you know to thrive during a time when people are struggling was another that was like that's something that you know that i mean i can't even describe that kind of guilt you know mm -hmm. where where the world was stopping you know so that's why I, I tried to make sure i did as many like fundraisers and allowed other djs to use my platform just to kind of like balance it out man to give other other people a shot that took its toll on me though you know Absolutely. i get emotional thinking about that i see club quarantine also got uh your own day as well too yes so that's yes. exciting yeah that was pretty cool um, where federally um in the state new york state New York State. okay okay yep, yep. march 19th is wow Club quarantine day in, in in the state of new york was that the day was that the big day when you hit the hundred thousand and everybody no. just seemed to be on there on that one saturday that was the 21st but the 19th was the day that i actually started and, and started calling it club quarantine so you started playing music because of how you was feeling you was feeling lonely you needed yeah. an escape yeah the first day it wasn't about anyone else man the first day was about all of my gigs were being canceled i was booked for essence i was booked for south by mm -hmm. i had coachella gigs and everything was canceled the same day mm -hmm. like you know bro it was yep. like send mm -hmm. those deposits back and i was like yo this is crazy <laughs> and it was to me what what the stressful part wasn't just about those gigs but it was about being an older dj in the game and 2020 was supposed to be my year of becoming that opening act so i had like 10 dates opening for jill scott so the first date was like Radio City Music Hall, but I had nine other dates. So I was looking forward to becoming that opening act. Like, man, this is a transition year for me. And look at God. And, God said, yo, no, God, yeah. you're going to be a headliner. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> God so said, you're going to be a headliner. Yeah. Wow. Word. You did so much during the pandemic. I mean, you were on damn near every night and not just for an hour or two. Like I, could, yeah. I do an hour or two and I'm tired, I'm sweating, but you're <laughs> on for six, seven hours. You purchased a crib during the, the pandemic. You did so much. You never just got tired and said, "Yo, I just need, I need, a, I need a mental break. I need to just." I got tired for the first time like two months ago. I started tearing for like three hours, bro. And it was what I realized was that throughout the entire pandemic, I was masking the feeling with music. I wasn't dealing with everything the way mm. everyone else was. So every mm. time I felt sad, yo, I just turned on my laptop and I started DJing, and I would read comments that was very uplifting and like you see this community of people just coming and being there and it became the safe space for so many people not and not just regular folks but like celebs you know like they are in there like every day if i'm on now there people are in there just talking to each other so i know it's more than just the music um but yeah that's that was the moment you know two months ago i was like yo this is you know i gotta just i jumped in my car and drove to utah for like eight hours have man. you started djing again have you um, done your first gig outside of it like no people no no, I did. Wait till um, you do that. It's Super the Bowl. feeling. The energy is like no other. Yeah, like yeah, I can't. But I'm holding out though. Oh, and you did Super Bowl. I was there for Super Bowl. You know, he had a set at Super Bowl. I was. That was the opening Su act at the Super Bowl. That's right. <laughs> What's your ticket now, D? Nice quarter million. <laughs> you got to be getting you know, them white boy EDM I don't, I don't DJ know. numbers I don't now. Know. I haven't done those gigs yet. You know, like it got to. It got to be though. No, no, it's it's you it's, know, up it's, it's up there. It's nice. It's up there. But you know, and I love it because it, it raises the value for all the DJs. And that's no, that's another. Yes, thing. It doesn't. 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does, man. Like, I'm telling you, yes, it does. It does, man. It does. It does. For someone that that looks like us and plays music the way we listen to it, Mm -hmm. and for that music to be the music that worked during the quarantine, Mm -hmm. and that means that people still want to hear that. It's interesting with you, too, right? Because I I love the... You you were the go-to guy, and it always makes me think, who does the go-to guy go to? Because like mm-hmm. you said, you you almost broke down because you hadn't dealt with anything yeah. that whole year. So who did you go to in that moment? Man, there were a few people that I would talk to. Um, Guy Siri is one. Man, my friends, you know, um, Michael Blake. I, know, mm-hmm. I don't know if Mike Blake has been in here, but Mike Blake and Alvin. And, you know, I got a cool group of men, but I wasn't going to them initially. You know, mm-hmm. I was just focused on the music. But when I started feeling... Cause it's heavy, bro. Like I don't care who you are. There was one moment where, um, where I was on the Zoom with like Lenny S and Jay and and Puff and Tiffany Haddish, but then it was their friends and and everybody was just doing the same thing. We're just all sitting in the kitchen in all of these different homes, and it was like in that moment I realized like it didn't matter how much money you had, how connected you were. We were all affected. We that's all right. had to, you know, Absolutely. we we had some people had better kitchens, you know what I mean? Well, but, the best kitchen, who had the best kitchen? I was like, who had the best kitchen out of all those boxes? Out of all of that, Jay, Jay had the best <laughs> kitchen. Of course. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Jay, Jay's kitchen looked like a museum. <laughs> and you said Jay, I, I think I, I saw you said Jay was the first person that made you realize like, yes, this, you're really doing something right now? During, during that conversation, Jay just kept going back to my Zoom and he was like, and, and I thought he was being funny. He, he kept asking like, yo, how does it feel? I thought he was being funny, like I've never been hot as a DJ. I'm like, bro, I've been doing all of these events. He sarcastic like that too. He was like, nah, this is different though. It is though, it is. He was like, this is different, but I didn't recognize that Mm -hmm. early on. And when he said that, I was like, wow, like maybe this is different. All right, we got more with D-Nice when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club, good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with D-Nice. Charlemagne? I think people don't realize, too, that there was a D-Nice before last year's D-Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, we've all been to D-Nice parties. We've been out of the country and seen D-Nice play. D-Nice was a rapper. D-Nice did a, he was a photographer. D-Nice has done a million different things. Right. D-Nice was already my favorite event DJ anyway. You like, said as that. Know. Well, you can't afford yeah. him now. You can't afford him now, so he'll never be doing it. I wouldn't charge you. I wouldn't, you. <laughs> I wouldn't even play you like that. I wouldn't even want to play you like that. No, no, you know what, man? Like, listen, man, the love is enough for me, you know, when it comes to, like, my friends. What you don't realize was that seeing your name, like, you were in there, like, the first days, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that gave me inspiration. Like, you could be doing something else with your time. And that was early before people were, like, connecting it to their Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. Like, people were literally holding phones, those first... So for you to be sitting there holding a phone and you're my man and you're in a business where you'd be doing something else, like that was inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, like I'm, a, you know, I'm not trying to do that for all of my friends, mm-hmm. but like, bro, we vacation <laughs> together. Absolutely, you know what absolutely. I'm saying? Like, that's important to me. To I missed that last that. year too, bro. Oh my god, man, I missed it, man. I can't wait. Are you going back this year? Hopefully, if if they if we, loosen yeah. the restrictions a little bit. Yes, totally. And we have fun, bro. New Year's Eve. Is oh man! Unlike anything, you gotta come out there, bro. <laughs> One year, I'm gonna bring all twenty-two of your kids. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually afraid, right? Because I'm like, damn, we've been doing this for the past four or five years. Anguilla New Year's Eve. What is it gonna look like now with D Nice? When, when, because D Nice been DJing, but now when the people see yeah. it. People from all over the world gonna be probably coming just to come to that it's one party. Come. That's that's why I've, that's why I haven't done any like um any gigs like 
for the public yet because I want the first ones to be special, you know, like, so I've been working out with, with Live Nation and, you know, we're locking in the Hollywood Bowl, locking in the Apollo, the Fox in Atlanta, and then one international date in London mm-hmm. to like really treat it properly and give people that experience. Like, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where you can't get into this big club because you're not wearing the right gear. Like, mm-hmm. no, if you came to party, like you want to be comfortable and you want and that that's important to me. You know, I want them to have that experience and I want people to have the experience we have on New Year's Eve. That's right. Like that's next level. No, that's like, amazing. Do you think that the perfect storm happened for you because of, clearly it did, but because of all the work that you put in prior? Because you yeah. you DJ so many different events and you interact with so many different people that everybody just came on that one Saturday and just boom. So what people don't realize is that a lot of the people and a lot of celebs that, that were in there, because that's what made it exciting for people. It gave people hope mm-hmm. when they could see like a Michelle Obama in the same virtual party that they were in, or they would see Angela in there. Like the fact that we were all like talking and sharing stories and sending virtual bottles, that's what was fun. The beauty of it is that it couldn't have happened to just any DJ because a lot of those were phone calls like, hey, I know this is going to be like a weird request, but I got this party. It's on your phone. Like I had to say I had to say that to mm-hmm. like the former first lady, you know, people like, yo, can you know, and I didn't think it was going to happen. And, they, and when she came in and other people started to pop in for me, that was a moment that was a pivotal moment of like that is a culmination of all 35 years of being in the music business of like being there for people not overcharging Mm -hmm. sometimes if someone didn't have a budget it may have been the right thing to do you know like Angela Yee parties never she never paid me like what (laughs) wow Yee wow you got all the properties wow but she paid me with love right there nah you and Kaiser could have paid D nice all that money you and Kaiser made you cheat Kaiser tried to work it out in another way. Yeah, Kaiser, Kaiser made, you know. On that. I can't speak on but yes. So. <laughs> you cheap ass. Technically, technically, though. And then look, but yeah, moving forward, you know. It's I'll pay you. It's moving forward, I'll pay you. <laughs> I'm looking, I look, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Kaiser Yee bowling parties, man. Like, those, things like that are fun. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, you can't even put a price on those. You said your album is 70% done. So yeah. can you give us some more insight? We obviously know the single with Neo and Kent Jones, and you did a remix with Snoop. But what else is, is happening on this Deep Nice album? It's a great mix of young and, and my generation. Like the way people who come and listen to me play. Like you'll be in my IG, and you'll see like Sweetie in there chatting with Melba Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like so I wanted a record that would reflect that, like that everyone would feel proud of. And, you know, not and not on some corniness, you know, but just like just solid records and solid R and B songs. I'm doing an R and B album. Even though I'm from the hip hop world, my album is <laughs> is all R and B right now. I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's interesting you said, you know, when you uh saw Shock G pass, you said you thought about your own mortality. Yeah. So does that make you think about like legacy more? Your legacy? I've always thought about legacy, which is mm-hmm. why I, I made certain moves, you know, like why I don't have a book out. You know, I don't have a book out because I felt like the story wasn't there. Now now the story is there for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it. You know, I did something that was just different. But prior to that, I was like, man, I, I mean, my legacy is cool, but my legacy was built on on other people. And like, after what happened, I know that this is the story now, you know, and I know that I, I carved out my own little space in history, you know, music history. And, and during this pandemic, I, you know, they're definitely going to talk about the way we all, the way we interacted. That's right. And, and it was based on, you can't mention verses without 
starting with club quarantine. You Absolutely. You know, like, so I feel like I did my own thing now and I did it my way and it's cool. And I, and I, and I respect the history and, and everything that I do is based on wanting to build on the legacy and wanting to leave something behind for my kids. And, and that's where I am right now. I know somebody's offered you a residency. Somebody had to be yeah. like, I want you to come here and call it CQ every week or something like that. Nah, I want to own my thing. All right, all right, all right. I don't want to do a residency at your club that you didn't want to hire me in the first place. Mm-hmm. No, oh. I want, you know, an annual, what's the difference between what I did and what's happening than Essence Festival That's right. or Coachella. Like, it all had to start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and right now I want the heart of people with music. Why build someone's club up? I don't, I don't want Absolutely. your residency. I want to be able to help my guys get a spot, you know? Like, so if I can build my own thing, and you know have like this weekend of activities and have and start booking other djs because it's going to be hard for djs you know for the next year or so it's going to be hard besides the album what other big things are you working on that the festival opportunity um i I do have like a couple of book deal offers you know now i feel like it's time to tell the story i I, you know the story is dope man and and i'll tell you something that that dave Chappelle said to me one day that really hit me like wow he asked me, we were watching that last Netflix special. I was watching it with him and all three members of De La Soul and Stan Lathan. We were sitting at the at the hotel <clears throat> he always stays at. And um, once it stopped, he just started asking these questions like, yo, how did you meet KRS? And I told him the story. And I was like, I was like 15. And I used to enjoy cooking. And my cousin was a security guard at the men's shelter. And he was like, yo, you know, can you bring me some food? And obviously back then there were no Ubers. I didn't have money. So I had to walk like three miles to the men's shelter from, from the west side to the east side to take my cousin food. And and he was like, oh, I want to introduce you to someone. And he took me into this room and he introduced me to the social worker by the name of DJ Scott LaRock. And then Scott LaRock introduced me to KRS. And then Dave looked at me. He was like, wait, wait, did you hear what you just said? You walked three miles with food to feed your future. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I didn't know you cooked at 15. Yeah, yeah I love cooking. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, what did you cook? And what did you 15? cook? <laughs> I mean, back then it was simple. It was corned beef hash or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, yeah. no, now I cook. Like, I, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's... What the f- don't you do, D Nice? You cook, you do <laughs> photography, you DJ. What That's don't you do? You do music? Life. Yeah. <laughs> so, what does D Nice want to do? What's the ultimate goal for D Nice? Honestly, I've done everything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I've lived, my whole life has been doing what I love, you know, like, and I don't know what that is, what that means in the future, but I know from, from up until this point, I've literally done everything that I've wanted to do in my life. So I know there are the other things that's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I just let them naturally happen, bro. I what think if you? you just build it like your festival, that will be like some OG shit. Like that's, What's I'm happening? 40. I want to go, I want to, I want to go with D-Nice DJ and I don't yeah. want to be in the clubs either. It's definitely happening. I can tell you that right now. March of 2022, mm-hmm. it's happening. Let us know. We did yeah. support. A now. D-Nice festival. It's a CQ festival. CQ festival. Yep. We are yep. there. Whatever Not you even club before, quarantine. Just Artists CQ performing. Festival. What's it? Artists performing. Everything. The, the goal right now is to take over LA Live and all of those little venues to have like different sets going on so whether it's reggaeton or you know whether it's you know afrobeat hip-hop like and just wow. utilize all of the venues and performances happening that um the goal is like yeah to, to do staples and have like real festival vibe going wow on. yeah so. well, introduce your record man let's get it on now let's tough tune too by the way man. tough record 
Yo, check it out. Here's the new single, No Plans for Love, featuring Neo, Snoop Dogg, and Kent Jones. All right, let's get into it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Shout to be nice. That's his single. Make sure you stream it right now. Morning, everybody. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Gunna. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the rumor report. Talk to with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, Young Thug and Gunna have teamed up to release 30 low-level offenders in Atlanta. And here's what they had to say. You know, we just woke up and went to the jail with the lawyer and, you know, DAs and on the prosecutors and, you know, the, the bond company, bonding companies and just got as many people as we can out, probably like 20 or 30 people. Mm. It was people sitting out three, four years that couldn't get out of, on a bond. If they did the crime, they could do the time. It's all right. You know, but it's like you, you giving them a bond higher than what they stole. It feels so good to the point where I, you start feeling like, oh, damn, this is why God put me here. That's great. I drop one of the clues bombs for Young Thug and Gunner, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love to see it. And they got and, the number one album in the country this week. And after these inmates were released, they gave them home-cooked meals, put them in an upcoming music video, and all of that. That's yeah, dope. dope. Yep. You think they knew the ski challenge when they came home? Or yes. they had to learn it once they got here? No, I think they knew it. You think so? <laughs> hmm Okay. All right, now, we told you before, Kim Kardashian is reportedly disturbed with Caitlyn Jenner's tweet on prison reform and, quote, releasing dangerous criminals back on our streets. On Saturday, Caitlyn Jenner tweeted her thoughts regarding that. She uh, tweeted out in response to a report of a seven-month-old child being murdered by a man who was released after being arrested for domestic violence. She wrote on social media, this is horrible and also avoidable. Gavin's district attorneys across California are releasing dangerous criminals back onto our streets. Enough is enough. Apparently, Kim Kardashian was disappointed and disturbed with Caitlyn's tweet and general views on prison reform, and she feels her approach to this subject ultimately does not help the issue, only further damages communities. In addition, Caitlyn Jenner's sons are embarrassed by her run for governor, Brody, Brandon, and Bert, and they feel that she's not qualified. (laughs) They also strongly believe she shouldn't be mounting a campaign. And they say Caitlyn called some of her kids the night before publicly announcing her decision to run. And the str- uh, her son strongly suggested that slow down a little bit and let's not go there. That sucks when your own family won't even support they you. Run. They know. They backing you. Yeah, that doesn't make anybody feel like they should be voting for you. I just you. don't think Caitlyn stands a chance in a progressive state like uh, California. I mean, you know, we do live in a country where celebrity rules everything around me. So a, a, a person with that type of celebrity has a chance damn near anywhere, but I just don't think in California that's not, happening. And especially not when a whole family is rocking with her. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also some rumors that Kim Kardashian is uh, dating Van Jones, and they've been saying that for quite some time now, so I don't know what kind of truth there is uh, to it, but I see a lot of, of talk about that heating up, so I guess we'll see. She's a single woman now, right? I'd love to see Kanye West and Van Jones fight. That'd be amazing. There's a bunch of tackling would, and tickling. Who do you think we're with? Um, hey, I don't know. It wouldn't be like a fight. It'd just be a bunch of tussling and tickling, I think. How do you think we'll win the tickling competition? It depends. If Van's glasses fall off. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think Kanye has an advantage. I think Kanye would take Van Jones. What if Kanye's sneaker fall off, though? Nah, nah, nah. I think Kanye, I think Kanye takes Van Jones. I think he, cause Kanye so? seemed like a scratcher. But he seems like he seems like he get tired fast. Mm, I don't know. Van Jones look like he at least runs a little bit. Yeah. 
Nincs, All right, now Lauren London is returning to acting two years after Nipsey Hussle has passed away, and she spoke to Nichelle Turner from Entertainment Tonight about her role in Amazon Prime Video's new action suspense movie Without Remorse opposite Michael B. Jordan, Jodie Turner-Smith, and Jamie Bell. She's playing Pam Madden-Clark, the pregnant wife of Jordan's character, John Clark. And here's what she had to say about how it even all went down. We shot it in 2019. Michael uh, reached out to me as a friend and he was so unsure if I was even going to ever work again. He was like, look, I am unsure if this is what you want to do, um, but I have to follow my intuition. I have to ask you, can you just read the script? And I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm kind of like, it's a lot going on in my world. And so I read it and she passes away. I also saw throughout the film that she comes to him and her energy and her essence and that her love for him is still guiding him. And I felt so connected to that. Mm. Oh, I'm glad that she is back to work. And she absolutely. also said it's important for her to show her children that she's getting back into the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good to see Lauren London uh, back in the mix. Healing is difficult and it's a never ending process. So I'm always sending Lauren London healing energy and all in the Nipsey Hussle well, family. Let's all make sure we support that movie because it is on Amazon Prime Video April 30th. So that's this Friday, Without Remorse is the name of it. So I'll make sure I remind you guys. Mm -hmm. But let's make sure we show some love and support for our girl, Lauren London. That's right. All right. Bombs for Michael B. Jordan. He ain't been around a white woman in a long time. Pray for that, brother. He might be going, <laughs> through, with, he might be going through withdrawal. <laughs> Stop it, man. He got a boo, man. All right. Now, Young Dolph on Million Dollars Worth of Game. Okay. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that episode. But some of the things that he talked about was what it takes to be independent. What money, how much money does that take? How much do it cost to work a record independently? If you're a real independent. Anywhere from a quarter million dollar budget to a million dollar budget. Depending on what you're doing and what you're trying to do with it. So that's a song or is that a project? No, that's a song. If you really, a song, and you like, I'm finna make this my single, I'm finna go up with it, I'm finna stay on it, and like, we finna go up there with it, hell yeah. And where do that go to, marketing? Everything. No, I mean it's a machine. It ain't. It's it's called a machine for a reason. You got marketing on the streets. You got marketing on the air, on the radio, marketing on the internet. You can't just do this over here and not do this over here. It's like no, bro. It's a machine. That's right. It costs money to promote your music. All right. Dropping the clues right. bombs for Young Dolph. Well, he's been doing it for a long time. Independent for a long time. One of my favorite. Yeah, people talk out. about being independent, but you definitely got to have a team and you definitely got to have some money. That's right. One of my favorite rappers out, Young Dolph and Key Glock, Dumb and Dumb and Two, is absolutely uh, in my top five projects of of the year so far. Dope project. Now, Young Dolph also has a lot of cars, and here's what he had to say about actually forgetting who has his cars. How much money you don't up on cars, man? Because I done seen like. So let me hold one of them bitches or something. Send one of them to Philly up, man. Let me do donuts in that motherfucker for two weeks or something, man. You what you want? What yeah. you want? What you want? <laughs> what you all got in the driveway right now? What you want me to send up? To Damn, he's saying I got everything. got anything. How many cars you got right now? Honestly, God, true. I don't know. 20-something. Yeah, Dolph got a lot of cars. He got every car out. I, I, <laughs> he spoke to him the other day. He got a lot of cars. A lot of cars. He said he, for, he, said he forgets who he loans his cars to sometimes. Interesting. And I know. Sheesh. Oh, wow. And drop on the clues. Listen, I gotta park on the street. I gotta park on the street here in Brooklyn. So one is enough. Imagine uh, people are so surprised and that everything costs so much here, but you don't even have a driveway or a garage. You just gotta find parking on the street. That is kinda crazy. Y'all know. I gotta move my car every other day. Yeah, it's not a game. That's kinda crazy.
All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Man, we need Rick Santorum to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a, a little word with him. And let's talk a little basic history about America. A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-K-A. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Playing to Win. Best-selling author Michael Lewis questions the rewards and costs of youth sports on families. Your first 30 days of Audible Plus are free. Sign up at audible.com slash breakfast club. This is America. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. Yes, you are a donkey. The latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. My wife is white. The Breakfast Club, bitch. <laughs> Drop one of clues. Please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? <laughs> Drop with the clues bomb for Taylor Gang. New Donkey of the Day intro for America. Uh, donkey of the Day for Tuesday, April 27th, goes to a former U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania named Rick Santorum. Uh, you might know Rick Santorum. He's 62 years old. Uh, he served in the Senate from 1995 to 2007. He's a commentator on CNN, okay? Rick is a white man, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a white man who is speaking to a conservative group called the Young America's Foundation. That scares me, by the way. It scares me because the Young America's Foundation is a conservative youth organization whose stated mission is ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. Nothing wrong with being conservative, but... The last president has blurred the lines between being a conservative and a white supremacist. Or maybe the last president pulled the coned hoods off conservatives and revealed them for the white supremacists they are. I don't know. I just know when uh, I see guys like Rick Santorum in front of a group of young kids, I know that he is instilling in them a set of values and ideologies that many of us have been waiting our wishing died off a long time ago. Okay, folks say it all the time. Uh, all we have to do is just sit around and wait for old racist white folks to die and the world will be a better place, but not when they grooming them young. Okay, this is like Back to the Future when old Biff stole the DeLorean, went to the past, and gave young Biff the sports almanac. Okay, that's what I see when I see guys like Rick Santorum talking to an organization called the Young America America's foundation. He is just passing along that old white supremacist playbook. Uh, run these plays, kids, and you too will continue to be at the top of the caste system in America. And one of the main ways I feel they keep uh, their own with a superior superiority complex is by erasure. Okay, simply don't give any other race credit for anything. In fact, don't even acknowledge lower caste as human and tell young white kids that white people in America built everything and every other race is lazy animals who deserve to be beneath them in the caste system. And voila, whiteness will continue to rule everything around me. You think I made all that up just now, huh? You don't think Rick Santorum or any other white person would dare teach that to a child? Well, that's what audio clips are for, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Santorum talking to the Young America's Foundation last Friday. I don't know of any other country in the world that was settled predominantly by people who were coming to practice their faith. They came here because they were not allowed to practice their particular faith in their own country. And so they came here mostly from Europe and they set up a country 
that was based on Judeo-Christian principles, Ten Commandments, and the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's what our founding documents are based upon. It's in our DNA. If you think of other countries like Italy and Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. And their culture has sort of evolved over time. But not us. We came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith and have the freedom to do so. Those are the two bulwarks of America, faith and freedom. Mm. Let's unpack this. Like my therapist would say, there is a lot here. Okay, but it's two points in particular that stand out to me. Uh, number one, Rick said America was birthed by people who came here to practice their faith. Said they set up a country that was based on mosaic laws. Can we play that, please? So they came here mostly from Europe, and they set up a country <laughs> that was based on Judeo-Christian principles, Ten Commandments. Hmm. Ten Commandments, the teachings of Jesus Christ. Now, this white man said that the founding documents were based on those principles. Well, let me tell you something, Rick. If this is the case, y'all are going to hell, okay? Based off your logic, you just said that y'all built this country off the Ten Commandments. Number six commandment, you shall not murder. Number eight commandment, you shall not steal. What is colonization but theft and murder? What is it? What do you call waging war and perpetuating massacre after massacre against Native Americans? Native Americans were slaughtered in the name of civilization because their skin was dark, their language was foreign, and their worldviews and spiritual beliefs were outside of the realm of the white man's understanding. Now, Rick Santorum didn't even acknowledge that. In fact, he said they came to America with a blank slate. The only reason that slate was blank was because colonizers wiped everything off it. Okay, you birthed a nation from nothing from nothing after the U.S. government authorized over 1500 wars. Okay, attacks and raids on Native Americans, the most of any country in the world against indigenous people, by the way. Now, I'm sure some kids in that Young America's Foundation were thinking, well, what about Native Americans? I mean, they were here. Did you hear what Rick Santorum said in regards to our beautiful Native American brothers and sisters? Listen, we came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. Do you know why? <laughs> Do you know why there isn't much Native American culture in American culture? It's because these faith-based people who built the country off faith and freedom and the Ten Commandments violated the number six commandment and killed the majority of them. Okay, I'm no historical scholar. I just read a little bit. I'm not the strongest Avenger by far, but I know if this was Infinity War, the white man was Thanos, and he had all six Infinity Stones, and he snapped his fingers, and by the close of the Indian Wars in the late 19th century, fewer than 238,000 indigenous people existed. Now, all I have is a high school diploma from Berkeley High School in Moscone, South Carolina. I graduated in night school, so my math isn't the best. But 238,000 is a sharp decline from the estimated 5 to 15 million indigenous people who lived in North America when that bum-ass, trash-ass Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. Racial genocide, all right? They set up a caste system that showed the differences in skin color, spiritual beliefs, worldviews, and they made themselves paranoid enough to paint indigenous people as savages who must be killed in the name of civilization and Christianity. Never mind the Ten Commandments we swear by. Okay, thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not kill. Eh, it's fine if it helps us establish civilization. 
Now, let me tell you something. We are never going to get anywhere we need to be in this country as long as people like Rick Santorum exist. You're standing in front of a group full of young folks lying to them about American history only to preserve the caste system. We will never get to where we need to be in this country if we are not having honest conversations with each other. Okay, we have to tell the truth and shame the white devil. And, six, and since Rick Santorum won't tell you the truth about America and how it was colonized, we must turn to a white man that we can all trust. His name is Peter Griffin. You want to know the history of America in a nutshell? Listen to Peter Griffin. I declare this land cohort. This place is nothing but a wilderness. What are we going to do? We're going to build a new settlement. We'll have a happy new life and we'll have equal rights for all. Except blacks, Asians, Hispanics, Jews, gays, women, Muslims. Um, everybody who's not a white man. And I mean white, white. Ah, America. Just know, America, it's not how we started. It's how we finish. But guys like Rick Santorum can't come with us. Please let Chelsea Handler give Rick Santorum the biggest hee-haw. That is way too much, Dan Mayonnaise. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Drop on the clues, boss, with Peter Griffin, a white man we can trust. All right. Now, when we come back, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Now, this is an old interview Steve Harvey did. Ooh. But it's uh, come back up on TikTok uh, the last couple of days. Can we oh, hear what Lord. he was talking about? All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I'm incapable of that. You're an attractive woman. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. Because we're most guys. Men think this way? 99.9% of us. All right, well, let's open up the phone lines. We don't got time now. We'll talk about it when we come back. You can just be on TikTok talking? I thought that was just for dancing. Well, they could talk on TikTok, too. I didn't know. It's just on dance. Okay. 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts? Do you agree with Steve Harvey? We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Pick up the phone, baby. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Uncle Steve Harvey. You know, um, he said this a couple of years ago, but it's resurfaced on TikTok. Let's listen. All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I'm incapable of that. You're an attractive woman. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. Because we're most guys. Men think this way? 99.9% of us. So we're asking 800-585-1051, do you agree with Steve Harvey? Um, no. I don't agree with Steve Harvey. I have women friends and male friends, but I do believe there are some men out there that will befriend a woman because, you know, 
they want to get close and possibly have a chance with it. So I do think that there are men like that. But I have a I have a bunch of women friends that that give me advice and that I talk to about everything, whether it's business related, relationship related, spiritually related, whatever it may be. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not looking at them like that. They are my sisters. I call them my sisters, and there is no uh, attractiveness towards them. It's just those are my sisters. Yeah, I love uh, Uncle Steve, but I wholeheartedly disagree. You know, my whole life I've had more female friends than male friends. You know, literally my whole life, my father put it in my head when I was young. Why you want to be around a bunch of hard legs all the time? So, you know, hanging around a bunch of men never appealed to me. You know, and my dad would always tell me, you ain't going to do nothing but get in trouble when you hang around a bunch of dudes. And he was right. So I've always been around women. And I have women in my life who are literally like my sisters. I've spent the night at their houses. They've spent the night at mine, just us. And I've never thought about anything other than this is my family you know what i mean from from debbie dev to kendra g to alicia renee to amanda Seals, angela ride dolly bishop athlete james just to name a few the, the late great jazz waters tiffany haddis these are my sisters i love them i don't think about them in that way at all not even a little bit now i ain't spending the night at no woman's house now that's you crazy when we was when we was on the come up Oh, when Deb, when, yeah. when, when when we was on the come up, like, dang, I don't even make what 13, 14 years. Haven't been in a relationship since he was a teenager, I get so a I don't think he's ever yeah, spending I, the yeah, night. I'm yeah. not spending the night. But even night. then, like, but because all of these women are 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 great friends with my wife, closer to my wife than than me in a lot of cases. You know what I mean? But I've slept on Debbie Deb's couch in L.A. When Deb was working here in New York, she'd sleep on my couch in New York. Like, it's happened. That time we remember that time we was in the Bahamas. When when was that? I don't know, nine, ten years ago. And, and Kendra had gotten to a low situation in the club. Kendra stayed with me that night in the hotel room. <laughs> like, that's that's that, that, that's my family. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I even I have never even thought about it. So I highly, highly disagree with uh with with, yeah, with I Steve. I disagree with him as well. And you know the way he mm -hmm. said slip into the crack. You got to watch your homeboys nowadays too. No, but that's that's the truth. I mean, there are also a lot of dudes that what? will be close. There are dudes that will get close with your, your <laughs> no, wife. No, Charlemagne is talking whoa, about whoa. something else. I was just setting in the yuppie. I just wanted to see what, <laughs> what he was going to say. Whoa. whoa, whoa. So you got homeboys, Envy, that have no, tried you? I don't, no. <laughs> I mean, I do have one homeboy that tried me. Whoa. I have one, one guy that tried me before. That's really? why he shaves yes. back there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, what you say? <laughs> That's why he shaves back there. That's right. Wow. Well, listen, I, I want to say, y'all know I got a That's a lie. That's a lie. I have that try me. That's a lie. And he continues to try me. That's a lie. That never happened. Yes, you did. No, I don't. Well, my thought on this is that I have a lot of male friends, and in the business that we're in, I find myself a lot of times being, unfortunately, the only woman in the room, and it's been that way for forever now. So I've definitely always had a lot of guy friends. I don't think I could do what I do and not have male friends Word and up. so my boyfriend definitely trusts me he's never even questioned me about anything because they all know him he knows them and i think it's just a matter of being open and honest about who people are but there's people i've been friends with since i was like in kindergarten who i still talk to until this day and i always i'm a little wary of men who say they can't be friends with females because that means they only look at women as objects of, of people that they would be attracted to and they can't build those type of friendships and that makes me cautious if That's you don't real. have any female friends i'm gonna think there's something wrong with you and that you don't know how to look at a woman as something other than somebody you would sleep with. But that's all I got is female friends. I got a bunch of women that I consider sisters and I got a bunch of women that I consider nieces and I love my family mm -hmm. and I don't look at them in any other way other than that. Yeah, if anything, your wife should be more concerned about the guys you hang out with. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. <laughs>
You know what's so funny? The other day I did say something to my wife and she said, nigga, I ain't envy. What, what was it? I told her I had texted you. I told you, what was she saying? What did you say, bend over? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was messing with her because she had got a COVID test and I was like, I was like, what, you got the anal swab? She was like, nigga, I ain't envy. All right? Just keep your little booty games with you at work, okay? Hello, who's this? Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's up, man? Do you agree with uh, Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah, I agree. My, my wife, you know, she worked in an office situation with this dude, Mike, and, you know, he befriended her and listened to problems and stuff, and as soon as he found a, a way to get in, he, he got in there and started, and, you know, he started having sex, so... I feel like they're always waiting in the wings to see when they can, yeah, you can jump in there. Wait a minute. Mike had sex with your wife? Mike sure did. Yeah. <laughs> That's still your wife? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not mad at it. You forgave okay. her? Hello? Yeah. Hello. Did you I'm, not, I, 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 I'm, I'm not mad at <laughs> that. No, no, that's no, respect. I mean, you, 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 you know what I mean? You, this, that's, your, that's your relationship. That, did you go see Mike? Did you go give Mike five minutes? I, hey, I, you know what? I'm working on that. You know, five minutes of what? You know, it, it, it's kind of a sticky situation, though. How I'm old are you? Of, you know, 42. Damn. So how do you feel when you hear my mic sounds you nice? Stop it, man. How do you feel? <laughs> how do you listen? Listen. 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 Goodness gracious, 800-585-1051. If you just joined us, uh, Steve Harvey did an interview a couple of years ago and it resurfaced on TikTok. This is what he said. All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I'm incapable of that. You're an attractive woman. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. Because we're guys. And you think this way? 99.9% .9 of us. We're asking 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, man. I know it, Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about Steve Harvey. He did an interview a couple of years ago. It resurfaced on TikTok. Let's listen. All of my friends are men. I don't have female friends. I'm incapable of that. You're an attractive woman. There are some guys somewhere saying, yeah, I'm, we're friends. No, that's not true. He's your friend only because you have made it absolutely clear that nothing else is happening except this friendship we have. We remain your friends in hopes that one day there'll be a crack in the door and trust and believe that guy that you think is just your buddy, he will slide in that crack <laughs> the moment he gets the opportunity. Because we're most guys. Men think this way? 99.9% .9 of us. Now, 800-585-1051, we're asking, what are your thoughts? Hello, who's this? This is Kylie. Hey, Kylie, good morning. What are your thoughts with what Steve Harvey said? Um, he is totally accurate, and I can say that based off experience. I don't think any man can truly be friends with a female, especially, like, if they're both attractive, like, just strictly be friends. I think the only case that can really happen is if your guy friend is gay. Damn, no, I, I, I disagree. I, 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 I disagree. I mean, I know for a fact that's not true. So, because 
We've all done that. We've all, that's my company. We all have friends of the opposite sex. And she she sleeps over at my house. She's best friends with my wife. Like it's it's not even at all. I know y'all may think I'm gay, but I'm not. Yes, you are. And I got mad female friends that I can. I have Don't more. Don't force I, him out. I have more female friends than I do male friends, and I I love that. I've always been like that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that a man, you know, has to sleep with a woman. I don't believe that. Hello, who's as long this? As you're not using her products. Yo, this kid has Southwest Houston. What's up? What's up, bro? What's your thoughts? Man, I'm I'm sitting over there baffled by Steve Harvey, man. Dude is really just an opportunist. If y'all pay attention, man, I don't know if dude's really just listening to Steve Harvey. His whole audience is what he's doing. What he's doing is feeding to the woman. It's a money move, dog. But uh, I believe men can have a, a a friendship relationship with a woman without it having some type of him having some type of ulterior motive. I agree. I agree with you. Thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? Okay. Hey, what's up? It's Terry from Atlanta. What's up, bro? What's your thoughts on what Steve Harvey said? Man, Steve is 120% right. Oh, Lord. Why you say that? <laughs> because, man, I've been a guy, I've been there, same situation. Even right now, me and my girl will have them same fights. She's like, oh, I got guy friends. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, guys, they only there for that certain reason. She think we have trust issues, but no, we've been guys. We've been there. We've done it. He's 120% right. Now, I'm not going to lie. So you don't, have also, any, you don't have any friends that are women. You can't no, look at women as look, a person that you could be friendly double, with. You can only look at women as people you could sleep with. No, girls have this double standard to where, oh, no, we're just friends. You just want to be my friend. But as soon as I got a girl text my phone or something, oh, you sleep with her, you like her, you don't like me no more, this type of stuff. No. Nope. He's completely right. No. Nope. All right. Well, thank you, man. I disagree. There are some men that are grimy, but like I said, I have a lot of friends that are women, and I don't see a problem with it. My wife doesn't see a problem with it. I definitely had a guy tell me one time, if we're not going to sleep together, I don't need to be your friend. Oh, Lord. Listen, I... I, There's only one person, though, and clearly we're not friends. I also tell all the brothers out there, I have gained more from my sister friends, you know, than I ever have from my male friends just by being their friend you know women make you better you know in every sense of the word every single bit of growth in my life is because of you know my sister friends challenging me so i don't understand the logic of you know you can't have female friends unless you want to sleep with them that makes absolutely positively no sense to me that is such an immature way of thinking bro and you're really thinking with your little head and not your big head is that the moral of the story i guess i don't know you my friend Excuse Has me? he ever slept on your couch? Nah, he heard slipping the crack. And then <laughs> he just he been, he been he been he been turned on ever since. He'll shut up. He forgot what we was even talking about. Shut he just started up, talking about guys that he mm-hmm. know who've tried him. Yeah, but you better go clean up that stubble. Only you. Yeah, shut up. We got rumors on the way. <laughs> yes, culture vulture. People are accusing Justin Bieber of cultural appropriation. We'll tell you why. With Charlemagne and Dramos. But all right, rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Justin Bieber has a new hairstyle, and some people are upset. They're accusing him of cultural appropriation and racial insensitivity because he has dreadlocks. So he showed off these pictures on Sunday and Monday, and yeah, you know, what do you think about that? Uh, I personally did not care. I I didn't even see the picture you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't see no yeah, picture either. I wonder what do dreadlocks even mean for people anymore, though. 
You know what I'm saying? Because it seems like everybody gets get get to dredge nowadays. Back in the day, they used to have like meaning. What do they mean now to a lot of these kids? Who be everybody them? has them now. It's just a lot of them is a trend. Their, their favorite rapper has them, so a lot of kids want them. Well, Justin Bieber posted, there's power in acknowledging our insecurities. We all got them. It's okay to have insecurities. Open up and talk about them. It's healthy. Not sure. What the hell know. I got to do with anything? It's just, <laughs> nothing. It's just what it said with the post he posted with his hair. If you want, oh, that was with the hair. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it was one of those things he really wanted to show off his hair, but he put an inspirational quote. Why do people do that? Yes. They have a fly outfit <laughs> or something. Or they on vacation, so they put some inspirational quote. Just say you showing off something, bro. New hair, who this? That's, That's it. All. That's all. <laughs> all right, now, Charles Barkley is under fire for comparing women from Georgia to bulldogs on Inside the NBA. Contavious Caldwell Pope, where do you go to school? Georgia. Yes, indeed. Had 29 on the night. Only school in the world. They named their mascot after the women down there. Oh, oh. oh. so totally uncalled. Oh, goodness gracious. And who from, what, what woman from Georgia hurt uh, Charles Barkley? Jeez. I don't know what Georgia, Georgia got some fine-ass women. From Atlanta to Savannah yeah, to Macon. I don't know what Charles Barkley talking about. Awful thing to say. What is wrong with him? You know, he got in trouble back in 2014, <laughs> too. People were upset because he said that uh, some big old women down there in San Antonio Antonio, that's a gold mine for Weight Watchers while watching the Spurs. <laughs> now, now, listen, they do keep uh, statistics about that kind of stuff. Where did San Antonio rank on the <laughs> obese people list? So that might have been an accurate He's statement. only talking about know. women, not just people. He's just talking about the women. Though. Oh, he just said women. Yeah. Yes, he said some big old women. Well, and then he said Victoria is... A secret in San Antonio. They can't wear no Victoria's Secret down there. They wear bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to San Antonio, so I don't know. But I know no, Thomas, you left a little too hard. We've been uh, down there before. Georgia got some beautiful women. That I, think, I know. Yeah, yeah, we went out there, right? For something? San Antonio? Where? San Antonio. Yeah, we've been to San Antonio, yeah, San Antonio a couple Antonio. times. Yeah. But I mean, listen, there's plenty of women out there that I'm sure think Charles Barkley looks like a damn bulldog, too. He does. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. Imagine being critical of... Uh, okay, anyway, uh, now let's talk about Dream Doll and Snowfall. There was a picture. And then, by the way, it's like on the red carpet, there's four people. Brooklyn Johnny's in the picture. There's They're in a picture together on the red carpet, and so people tried to say that they were dating. And Damson had just posted, okay, so don't pose near women because then we are apparently married. Forgive me, I'm still learning. And Dream Doll said, y'all need to relax. Potential boo, I literally just met him yesterday. It was just a damn photo. Why does social media That's keep crazy. doing this, though? I thought social media it's was ridiculous. way They did it to Ashanti no. the other day. There was a picture of her, and people tried to say she has a white boyfriend. I saw that. And she had to tell people, no, he's one of the managers at the restaurant. He is not my man, and we are not dating. That goes back to what Steve Harvey was saying. Men and women can't be friends. I hate Take social Take a picture media. with somebody, and that's your boo. Me too. <laughs> Stuff like that is why you hate social media, though. Because that they, they do that with every single thing. They just believe whatever it is they see on social media. Yep. It's the dumbest thing. That's why sometimes I hate taking pictures and then people be like, yeah, you know she hit. You could So stupid. All right. Now, Omari Hardwick was on the Ringer podcast and he was asked to rate Power, Snowfall, and The Wire. Here's what he said. And to me, they edge us out by a season. Because I think we were dominant for four seasons. I think The Wire went five years. I would give you six and a half. I wish we would have been paid more like it was a seventh season, but we weren't. As producers, as writers, as actors, as the network, we rocked out in a way that me as an ex-athlete would judge four seasons. The Wire gave us five, so I got to say The Wire is there. I would put us number two, and I would say that's Snowfall, which is a compliment, because they're still rocking. I would give them yeah. number two. That's a pretty good company to be in. 
Was that um Higher Learning Podcast with Van Lathan and Rachel? The Ringer? Yeah, I think that was the Higher Learning Podcast. I mean, yeah, oh, from okay. The Ringer. It says yeah. The Ringer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on The Ringer. But um, listen, Power is great, but The Wire is one of the best shows on TV ever. You really can't even rank The Wire with any of those shows, Power or Snowfall. I love Power. I haven't watched Snowfall yet, but The Wire is literally one of the greatest TV shows Ooh, of all time. Let me time, tell you something. Period. Yes, I agree with The Wire being number one, but you got to watch Snowfall. The uh, season finale was just on. Yeah, but the only Let reason they, they rank Amazing. It, only reason they rank in these shows is because they have black cast and the shows are revolving around, shows. you know, street stuff. Yeah. But The Wire is different. The Wire, the Wire is literally one of the best TV shows ever. Like, that's that's a whole other conversation. I don't think it should be in the same conversation as Power and uh, I think they're all three Snowfall. great shows, honestly. Well, I'm sure they asked Amari Hardwick also because he's on Power, so mm-hmm. they wanted to hear what his opinion was. All right, and that is your rumor report. And by the way, if you see this, um, Elon Musk is going to be hosting SNL, and people are not happy about that. Why? So... I mean, people really, I don't know, they have an issue with it. I saw some of the cast members from Saturday Night Live and comedians also having issues with Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. What am I missing with this? What what, what did Elon do? I don't know. Um, Except try to be Tony Stark's. (laughs) Yeah, and and he's the third richest person in the world. We we can talk about it when we come back. All right, Mm -hmm. Revolt, we'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, let's get to the mix. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Did you know it's Sleep Awareness Week? You might feel extra tired after springing forward over the weekend, and the sleep experts at Matches Firm are there to help. For a perfect night's sleep, visit MattressFirm.com or a Matches Firm near you. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, shout to D-Nice for joining us this morning. Salute to my guy, yes. DJ D-Nice. Okay. When is he, did, he, did he say when his album coming out? He didn't say. He said he's like 70% done. Oh yeah, he did say. Well, listen, I I hope he means it when he says he's not gonna, he's still not gonna charge me for doing my birthday party every year because we're coming back. I just hope that things get, you know, back to some some type of new normal because I definitely would like to go to club quarantine. Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to go to his CQ festival. CQ, and CQ. See what that's all about. Mm-hmm. So salute to my guy D Nice. And listen, make sure you um download we've got answers on audible salute to everybody who's been downloading it it's free if you got an audible membership it's an audio book that i put out about two or three weeks ago now um it's only on audible and it's we've got answers man thank you you know i be i I haven't looked at the comments on uh audible but i heard it's a lot of them and i heard it's a lot of great feedback so thank you to everybody who's downloaded we've got answers on audible it's available on audible right now and it's free if you got an audible membership Yes, and make sure you check out my show, Master Your Comedy, on Facebook. Watch another episode just dropped yesterday, so every Monday these episodes are coming out. So anybody who needs advice on just anything, even public speaking, because this is all about comedy and we have expert comedians. We had Roy Wood Jr. and Carlos Miller giving their advice on yesterday's episode, but it actually is helpful just in life in general. So make sure y'all check that out. All right. When we come back, we got the positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Again, shout out to everybody that's been hitting me up. Of course, my car show is July 3rd out in Atlanta. If you haven't got your tickets, grab them. So many amazing things happening at that car show. We have some more announcements that we'll probably do next week. And also, I can't wait to see you guys at the seminar this weekend if you're in the New York, New Jersey area where we try to teach 
our community about real estate, how to purchase your first home, how to purchase your first investment home, how to get funding, how to find deals. Just trying to help people out there. So, you know, I'm not the only one at the auction houses trying to auction for houses. A lot of times I'm the only black person I see, the only minority there that I see. And I definitely want to change that. All right, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. Um, It's from Mandy Hale. And Mandy Hale said, change is painful. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?